First up, before our study of the big book begins, a very important announcement, a convention. And boy, oh boy, what a convention. A Vision for You presents to you Convention 2017, the power of the big book, a weekend of inspiration, education, motivation, and fellowship. Recovery from a disease seemingly hopeless is now our story of transformation. September 15, 16, and 17, 2017, at the Liberty International Airport Marriott Hotel and Convention Center in northern New Jersey is simply the backdrop for this power-filled weekend. Within this convention center, miracles are happening. Don't second think this opportunity. Jump in on this chance right away and register today. You'll be among a thousand of your closest lifelong friends, the largest single most gathering that revealed the promises of the big book do come true for everyone that works the 12 steps of AA. Come early and stay up late. The marrow of the, of the bone of the big book, grab from this. You will go away changed. Go straight away to our website at www.avisionforyou.info. There you can register for convention and make reservations for your overnight stay. Be sure to check the community bulletin board on our website too. Here you can post requests regarding rooms and transportation. On our website, you will also see contact names and numbers for further questions regarding convention. Join us. We want to see you there. Now back to our regularly scheduled big book study. Hi, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You big book study. My name is Julie R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 31st. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 20, starting with the third paragraph, how many times people have said to us, we will be reading through five paragraphs, ending on page 21 with once he starts to drink. Our comments will be focused on the four remaining paragraphs. Today's readers are Gina R., Paula D., and Stephanie L. The reference number for Thursday, March 30th, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Meeting is 9781. For Friday, March 31st, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting is 9783. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Julie. My name is Nancy T., a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 steps. 
One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, excuse me, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. I will now ask Carolyn S.H. to read the Twelve Traditions. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. Carolyn S.H., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eater in Massachusetts. The Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Then, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. With that, I pass. Thank you, Carolyn S.H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. 
There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 20, paragraph three. How many times people have said to us, we will be reading through five paragraphs, ending with the paragraph on page 21, once he starts to drink. Our comments will be focused on the four paragraphs, the last four paragraphs read. I will now ask Gina R. to begin reading. Good morning, Julie, and everybody on the line. This is Gina R., recovered in Colorado. How many times people have said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl. I think, she, I think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him. But there he is, all lit up again. Now, these are commonplace observations on drinkers, which we hear all the time. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. We see that these expressions refer to people whose reactions are very different from ours. Moderate drinkers have very little trouble in giving up liquor entirely, if they have good reason for it. They can take it or leave it alone. Then we have a certain type of hard drinker. He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. It may cause him to die a few years before his time. If a sufficient reason, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, this man can also stop or moderate, although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. But what about the real alcoholic? He may start off as a moderate drinker. He may or may not become a continuous hard drinker. But at some stage of his drinking career, he begins to lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. I set my timer. Boy, there's a lot to chew on here, and that pun is intended. Um, for me, I know now that I have um, worked these steps and um, done my inventory, I know that I was um, behaving compulsively with food around the age of two when I used to steal my younger sister's bottle, bottles and I would take them and drink them. So for me, it has started very early age. Um, I want to fast forward to, through my life and um, focus in on that paragraph where it talks about if a sufficiently strong reason, ill health. I was actually diagnosed with cancer in 2006. And as part of my treatment plan, I was um, encouraged and told by uh, people that I really needed to abstain from processed sugars and processed um, grains because cancers tend to feed on those types of um, ingredients and I couldn't do it 
I was faced with um, a diagnosis of cancer, and I could not stop eating the things that were hurting me. Fast forward again 10 years. Um, It was in May of last year where the food had brought me to my knees, and I had to reconcile to my innermost self that I was a real alcoholic with food. I started off moderately, and I ate hard, but I did lose control of my ability to consume certain foods. And it wasn't until I was able to reach that level of humility and set aside my intellect and my ego and totally let go of what I thought I was able to do under my own power that I was able to receive this message. I am very happy to say that I have not had um, those foods and those substances that have harmed me in almost a year. It's coming up on a year. And I wish I could tell you that I did it. The only thing I did was to make a decision and to take some very simple but not easy steps, and my higher power has now relieved me from the bondage of thinking about and feeling that I need to consume those foods. So I am a real alcoholic with food. I know that for sure, and I'm very grateful for this program and for everybody on the line who's helped me get me to this point. With that, I pass. Thank you, Gina R. And who would like to share on the last four paragraphs read? Carol K. Marie K. Okay, Carol K. Somebody, somebody before Marie J. Talon D. Um, I'm getting some of the names, but there's a lot of background noise, so I'll, let's try that again. After Carol K. Talon D. Gosh, I'm Callan. I'll say Callan, but I know I'm not wrong. Anyone else? Okay, one at a time, sorry. Marie J. I got Marie J. Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Rocky I. Rocky I. Okay, let's start with Carol K., Talon D., Marie J., Kathleen O., and Rocky I. Talon. Okay, Carol K., you're first. Hi, this is Carol Kay, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. These paragraphs are screaming right in my face. Um, uh, moderate drinkers, they have little trouble giving up the liquor. You know, for me, I look at them like they're the holiday eaters. Well, you know, they go to a wedding and they overeat. Um, and then, they, you know, they go to Weight Watchers for a week or two and, you know, they gain 5, 10 pounds, they take it off, and then they're good for a couple of months uh, until the next affair they go to. And then, you know, the uh, the other eaters, the more harder, harder um, eaters, um, you know, that reminds me of the people that go in for, like, the weight loss surgery, um, the ones that go in for the surgery, and they're able to keep it off, and they do well. And then, um, then you know, and that's, like, dieting with, like, group support. And then you, you, you go to the, the real alcoholic, which is me. You know, the only time I can eat two Oreo cookies if they're the last two that are left in a package. And then you better believe I'm getting in my car and running to the store because I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for more. Um, I, I just can't stop. Or if there's no more of them, I'm, I'm going to hit another package or something else. I have no control 
any, any minute, every minute of every day, I have zero control when it comes to food, um, my alcoholic food, and I can't stop. N- nothing will stop me. And, you know, I know people that have had the gastric uh, bypass surgery, which is my sister, and she gained all the weight back. And she um, came into OA and, and said that she is a compulsive overeater herself. And so, um, yeah, um, here it says lose all control of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink. And that's what happens to me. The mental twist would come before I, I came into this, this program and found recovery. Um, I'd get the mental twist and then the physical allergy. So once I took that first bite, that's it. It, it, it was the physical allergy that, that just shot out, and I had no control, and I just couldn't stop eating until everything was gone and empty. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Carol Kay. And Talon D, you're next, followed by Marie J. Hi, this is Talon D from Pennsylvania. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I used to be a compulsive, or I used to be a moderate eater. And at some point, I crossed the line into compulsive overeater. And I could spend so much time and energy trying to figure out how I crossed that line, where I crossed that line, what actions I took that led me to cross that line. And it would all be in vain because I crossed the line. And now that I'm a compulsive overeater, I'll never, ever, ever go back to being a normal eater. And as long as I continue to fight against this and I try to go back and I try to be normal, I will continue to suffer and be in pain. And it's not until I'm able to accept the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater that I'm able to um, continue with recovery. And something I realized is that with acceptance, I don't necessarily have to like it. I don't have to like that I'm a compulsive overeater. I don't like that I'm a compulsive overeater. But I accept that I have the allergy of the body and the mental obsession. And once I'm able to accept that I'm able to move forward with recovery and once I'm able to accept that I have an allergy of the body I know that I must be entirely abstinent once I'm able to accept that I have the mental obsession I know that I must have a psychic change through the steps and I'm just I'm so thankful that there's a solution now to this problem I have and there's there's no need to fight against it anymore because there is a solution And um, I'm sitting here right now looking out my window and it's raining. And I was thinking this morning, I hate the rain. And if I went out in the rain right now and I started shaking my fist and pounding my feet, looking up at the rain, yelling at it to stop, it's not going to stop. It's going to keep raining. I'm going to get wet. I'm going to be cold. I'm going to get more angry and frustrated and agitated. Or I can accept that it's raining. I can put on my rain boots, put on my rain jacket grab my umbrella and take the necessary precautions and go out in the rain and accept it and not get wet. And I think that's the same thing with the steps. We have this disease. We can fight against it all we want um, and suffer, or we can accept it, grab hold of the solution and recover. With that, I pass. Thank you, Talon D. Marie J. followed by Catherine O. 
Hi, thank you. This is Marie J, and I am in Colorado and recovered, and really grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> this for me was really about honesty, and it took me it took me a long time to get totally honest with myself on the type of um, addict that I was, the type of overeater. Um, even when I went to meetings for probably, I don't know, it was a long time before I could even say I'm a compulsive overeater. You know, I used to say I'm a sugar addict, thinking that's all it was. And for a long time I didn't weigh and measure my food because I didn't really buy into being a compulsive overeater of, of the serious kind, of the hopeless kind. And I had um, I had a medical diagnosis. I had I had colitis. I had bleeding colitis and I couldn't get off the, the white flower. I was sick. And you know, I get off and then get back on and you know the problem would go away and then I get back on and I still couldn't couldn't admit it. And I had a relapse in 2015, and I wasn't eating any of my abstinent, my foods on my abstinence list, but I relapsed and overate my way to a 30-pound weight gain. And it just took so long for me to get honest with myself that I was a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. I could not control or manage anything on my on my own. And when I got to that honesty and decided to really seriously work these steps and get to recovery and then stay in this this program daily. I have to have my daily spiritual fitness every single day or I am at risk of relapse. I got about 24 hours of trying to manage things on my own and it's it's absolutely not going to happen. Every day that I'm in the program, I have given it to God. I'm working my spiritual program, and God's in charge. And if I miss the next day of staying spiritually fit, I am in danger of relapse, in danger of my mental obsession coming out and saying, you're not a compulsive overeater, and you can have this. So I'm super grateful and uh, super grateful to know that I'm a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety because that keeps me fit. That keeps me with God. That keeps me in the program. That keeps me obstinate. It keeps me in my uh, right-sized body, and it keeps me in great relationships with people. So thank you for this call, and thank you for all being here to help me stay recovered and spiritually fit. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Marie J. And Catherine O., followed by Rocky I. Kathleen. Good morning. This is Kathleen O., recovered in California. A world of ignorance and misunderstanding. That kind of explains to me the whole diet mentality. Um, you know, there's people who are moderate and hard eaters who can do those diets with the points and whatever, um, the gym, and, you know, take their weight off and and keep it off and not go back to to crazy eating. Um, but this disease is so cunning and baffling and and it's very easy to, you know, I have at times gone into the delusion and dishonest behavior of thinking, well, I don't want to be a real compulsive eater. I want to be a moderate or a hard. 
And so I'll go into this delusion and dishonesty with myself of, you know, oh, I think I can control this. And I have done this in the past. And, and, and it, always, it always equates with me not working a strong program, not, you know, resting on my laurels, thinking that um, the success I've had is enough and I don't need to put in any more effort. And what happens is, and this is the cunning baffling part, is I'll, I'll control it for maybe a day, and if I'm lucky, two days, and I'll think, and this is where the dishonesty comes in, oh, look, see, I can do this. I can control this. I'm not a real compulsive overeater. I'm just a moderate or I'm a hard. Um, but then, of course, it takes off, and I am back to, you know, down in the gutter, real compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I think the, the I mean, I'm, the bottom line is I'm wired differently than the moderate or the hard. Um, I work with dogs. I train dogs. And dogs are wired all differently. Some, you know, people think it's all training and the way they're raised. And there's certain, certain behaviors that you just, you really can't train out of a dog. You can modify them. But um, the bottom line is that's how they are. And the bottom line is I'm wired to be a real compulsive overeater. And I think... You know, I think the injustice of meetings that only talk about the problem and the tools, and I think the injustice is, is there are some people in those meetings who are moderate or hard compulsive overeaters, and and the program works for them. They can they can put the food down and keep it down, um, but but I would say the majority of of people in there, including myself, that that alone does not work, and. The injustice is when I'm seeing other people doing it, it's like, well, why can't I just do that and have it work? But I'm the real, the real deal, and I need to be honest about that and remember that on a daily basis. Um, <clears throat> I am powerless. There is a solution, and it's, you know, I had to get a higher power, work these steps, and learn how to live life on life's terms, and I have to do it every single day. I wake up and do it all over again the next day. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. And Rocky I, you're next. Star one to unmute, Rocky. Good. Yeah, good morning. This is Rocky in Tempe, Arizona, recovered by grace. Um, I like this paragraph. Uh, again, I like the whole thing, but um, I was told many times, you know, why don't you leave it? Why don't you eat this? Why don't you eat that? And even in recovery, uh, just last night, uh, my mother just said, well, just have it on Sunday. And I was able to just uh, uh, smile, like uh, affirm and smile and, and um, didn't get into any arguments or anything. But it's like, no, I can't. So what has happened is... Um, uh, I have had the mental transformation where uh, the twist of the mind is untwisted. I am convinced that food is harmful. I have evidence. It broke my feet. It torn my meniscus. It higher my blood pressure. My sugar was skyrocketing, and uh, needless to say, my body, my body was deformed. So I have proved, I have evidence that the food is detrimental for me, the harmful foods, uh, not all of them, because there are foods that love me and have returned me back to 
wholeness to normal body weight. Oh, no, normal. It's still working on it, but it has taken 100 pounds off me. Um, my numbers are um, normal. I'm off medication. So I have evidence of uh, program working. And when I came into program, I was, um, I was just going to show you OAAs that I was different and program was not going to work for me. And I just did it just to show you and lo and behold, um, they showed me that it really worked. Um, so just, um, I guess just be encouraged. Um, um, if you're in doubt, just work it, you'll see. <laughs> if you're in doubt, if you're a, a true compulsive overeater or not, Give yourself the chance and just work the program. Follow the directions and see where it leads. And so with that, I'll pass. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you, Rocky I. Who else would like to share on the last uh, four paragraphs that were read? This would be Paula D. Hi, Paula. Carlisa. Carlisa C. Thank you. Okay. Reggie O. Reggie O. Carrie K.B. Carrie K, and then Sherry KB. Okay, let's start with that. Paula D, followed by Clarissa C. Thank you. Thank you for your service today, Julie. And this would be Paula D, recovered by and with the grace of God. And, you know, as we go into these pages here on page 20, you know, I can trudge right along. And this word, I will use trudge. Why can't he? You know, and everything that they wrote about, ooh, yeah, why can't I drink like a lady? I could in front of you. I could in front of you, but not when I was alone. There was no lady there that was eating. And then everything it said, didn't I do the thing? Why don't you try beer and wine? Why don't you try the sugar-free stuff? Yeah, no sugar. Rationalized everything. Because my thinking was just as twisted as the way I handled and absorbed sugar. My body didn't do it the same way. I have a different shape blood cell. You ain't going to change it. Dalmacenic anemia, you're going to have a different shape. Nothing you can do to change that. But look here what it says. And I love them. Back of them is a world of ignorance and misunderstanding. I was writing that line. I didn't even understand Ignorant? I didn't know. Or so I thought I'd know. So I'd continue to experiment. But you know, as, and I love this, then we have a certain type of hard drinker. He may have the habit badly enough to gradually impair him physically and mentally. Look at what it says. It may cause him to die a few years earlier. Now, even with that things, you'd think that would make you stop. Okay, physically and, and mentally, and then you're going to die sooner. No. No. Although he may find it difficult and troublesome and may even need medical attention. Really? All of that. But look at what it says here. And this is where I found myself. This is where I landed. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't a soft landing. But what about the real alcoholic? Who wants to come there? And it asks a question. No, no, not me. You. No. He may start off. Every time I would come back from a binge, I would start off differently. Oh, not this time. Not this time. 
And then again, it uses the word but. Forget that one. But at some stage of his drinking career, and you watch as a, a, a handyman are working, and they build stages to, to go up higher. Well, my stages went lower. The drinking period, he begins to lose all control, all, and I'll be very clear, of his liquor consumption once he starts to drink, because before the drinking is the thinking. And unless the thinking changes, the drinking's always going to be there. A drink, a drug, a bite, you put it. This opens the door, if you can finally see. Finally, I started to listen. I listened like a rock with no ears, no mouth. I just listened with my ears until it became and it resounded deeper than what I finally could see and know the reality of what and who I was. And only until then could transformation take place. I thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And we are on page 20 and ending on page 21 with the paragraph, but what about the real alcoholic? Our shares are focused on um, now these are commonplace observations through paragraph on page 21. And uh, Carlisa C., you're next, followed by Reggio. Carlisa, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Excellent. Thank you. Um, Carlisa C., uh, thank you for your service. I am thrilled to be able to say that I am a real compulsive eater. And I want to, I agree with everything everyone has said. Um, and I want to talk about uh, life um, on life's terms as a recovered. Um, compulsive ear, because I believe that at, um, after being relieved of 180 pounds from my top weight, uh, I I I think that the the let me say it like this: once a compulsive eater, always a compulsive eater. And it doesn't matter how much time of recovery, it 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 is not something that I am cured of, and it is not something that. Uh, this dis-ease this of compulsive eating that I will ever be cured of. And that is the concession that I must make to myself on a daily basis. If I get too angry, too tired, um, too happy, <laughs> too joyful, my default, my default, you know the computer default, you push that button and go back to default settings, my default is to um, want to eat food without consequences. As much as I want, however long I want, in whatever quantities I want, without consequences, particularly negative ones. That is the default. So every day, as the book tells me again and again, but especially on page 85, I have to come to terms with being a real compulsive eater. Now, I'm not saying that it's the same um, every day as far as my uh, desire to reach for food. Thank God one day at a time that's taken away from me. But I'm not an, I, am, I am not a new woman. <laughs> I have a renewed mind. I have a renewed spirit. I have a, a higher power that's not food today. 
But I am the same person, and this is what this book is is talking about. How do I become different in my behavior, and hopefully one day my mindset. This renewal of mine is constant. So I was a moderate, probably compulsive eater at some point. I don't remember it. But most of what I remember in my 30s, 40s, and 50s is that I wanted to eat like I wanted to eat without consequences. And, and it's that, it is that what this book is directed at, that con- conceding that that is the who I am and I'm powerless over food. And that, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carlisa C. Reggie O., followed by Carrie K. Hi, excuse me. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for your service. And uh, as usual, these readings are amazing and the shares are too. Uh, Yeah, I I fit in that last category, the real compulsive overeater, you know, and I, I I didn't see it. I, I don't know when I crossed the line. I really don't, but I have eaten compulsively, you know, how, with however many, you know, much time in between through since I was probably four, I remember my first compulsive eating, you know, ordeal. But, I, you know, there were a couple of times before I ever had any kind of a realization. I remember once I was I was an athlete and I was just with, with the team I just finished <clears throat> participating in a game with and we went out to eat after and one of the women came up to me and I wasn't overweight. There was nothing that looked, you know, like I, I was a compulsive eater except she said, I can't believe how much you eat. Now, I, I wasn't aware that I ate a lot of food really, but I remember feeling really embarrassed. And uh, and I remember once I was uh, with a friend uh, who was a roommate of mine, and a friend was over, and she said to the friend, "You know, Reggie is eating me out of house and home." And I thought I didn't know I was doing that, you know. And, but it was like, and I was again, I felt humiliated. There was something off. And I, I guess it was a couple of years later. I woke up one morning, and uh, and it just it was like I don't. It just came to me through me, you know. I'm an alcoholic with food. And, uh, you know, I, I was, I, some of you have heard me say I was recovered once before and had some, it was amazing, you know, I did live life, you know, and everything was, uh, everything was changed in, in really wonderful ways. And I, I went back out, you know, and I, I can look at some of the reasons for that. But I, you know, there's always been this thing about it doesn't make sense to me. You know, this disease doesn't make sense. And, you know, you're, while you're, while you're getting well, the, you know, the disease, you I've heard many times is doing push-ups in the background, so it comes back with a vengeance. And so I've experienced that, but never really understood it. And I read something in a spiritual text. I, I and I, I do I do do outside reading, and I have you know for a long time. But something I read something the other day, and it was about the meaning of in the Lord's Prayer, you know, and lead us not into temptation. But it, what it said was that. The, uh, the temptation, as, as we progress along the spiritual path, which we do, we have consciousness, you know, our, our consciousness changes as we recover. We have spiritual awakenings. And as we progress along the spiritual path, we can't get by with what we got by with at an earlier level. And I thought, wow, wow, you know, that just made so much sense to me. But, you know, I, it, I am grateful that I know that I'm a compulsive eater because the life I've had, you know, when I was recovered before and am again, uh, the life that I'm given is a life that never was anywhere in between or before. So I'm just uh, uh, really grateful and uh, just grateful for vision and and uh, today. 
So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Reggie O. And Carrie K. followed by Sherry KB. Good morning. This is Carrie K., a newly recovered compulsive eater from Colorado. And I find this to be a really interesting section of the book. And I kind of took some maybe different perspectives from it than others have. Uh, I liked one part that was shared earlier talking about that we're all different and we all need to recognize that. And I think as part of our steps, one of the things we, I personally had to acknowledge was my tendency to judge others. Now, sometimes it was because I thought they were judging me, and sometimes it was because I was just a nasty person who thought I was always right. Um, but I think this paragraph also talks about we're all different. So there are people on the line who struggle with bulimia, and there are people on the line who struggle with anorexia. We all may have the same disease. It manifests itself differently. And and I shouldn't be sitting in a face-to-face meeting going, well, why is she here? Look how slender she is. Or why is he here? He's obviously not doing it right because he's heavy. That's not the intent of the big book. That's not the intent of the meeting. And that's certainly of no help to me in battling my disease. So I also found some nuances in this text talking about not judging others. And maybe everybody's fighting the same battle, but perhaps they're fighting it a little bit differently. And I may have a thin person inside of me waiting to get out. And people who don't understand or have this disease of compulsive eating may not recognize that. And that's where you hear things like, oh, she'd be so pretty if only, or I can't believe you ate two of those. They don't understand my journey any more than I understand anybody else's journey. And so that's what I took from this paragraph, that we're all battling the same disease. We're just doing it a little bit differently. Not sure if that made any sense at all, but with that, I pass. Thank you, Carrie Kay. Sherry KB, you're next. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. Thank you for your service, Julie. Uh, may I be heard? Hello? Yes, you may. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. May I, Mother? No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyhow, um, you know, I, I was just listening to everybody, and I'm, I, I love to follow along and look at the book when um, people are talking, and um, you know what's interesting to me is um, the way they laid it out in this book. Like the first part that we read about was about um, people telling us um, that, you know, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do it this way? You know, come on, you can do this. And then we're also questioning ourselves, like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? What not? Then it goes into identifying the different types of, of um, eaters. You know, we have the moderate eater, we have the hard eater, and we have the compulsive overeater, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, and so then, you know, it, we're looking at, well, where do I fit in this? My disease will tell me I don't fit in anywhere. I'm a little of this, I'm a little of that. But the bottom line is, is that when, um, at the end of the day, I'm definitely a compulsive overeater. Um, I would like to think I'm a moderate eater. I'd like to have thought I was a hard eater. 
Uh, maybe I had been at times in my life, but the bottom was is when push come to shove, I'm definitely a compulsive reader. Um, I can't stop from starting once I start. Um, you know, they say one is uh, too many and a thousand isn't enough. That that fits who I am. That's who I am as a compulsive overeater. And it's just that, you know, what's important is to identify in here. Because if you are a compulsive overeater, please stay with us and read the rest of the book. Because then the next part of this, which I noticed, and I won't jump ahead, but the bottom line, it starts talking about the mental obsession, what we're like mentally. Um, so I know I have a twofold illness. It's mental and physical, and I just lost my uh, timer. My cat stepped on it. Sorry. Um, and you know it. Um, so you know I I need to identify in. The whole point of this book is to identify in, find which one you are, pick up pick up this book, get get a step guide, get into the book, and you'll find more. You'll continue to find more about being a compulsive reader and what you can do about it because there is a solution and it's in this book and with that I pass and thank God for higher power. Thank you, Sherry KB. Um, I'd like to share for a second. This is Julia, our recovered compulsive overeater and you know, just how it says, but what about the real alcoholic? You know, what about that? You know, I could have been, or I probably was a moderate eater very, very early on, maybe before I was eight years old when I figured out that food did something to me that it doesn't do to normal people. But what happens to that real alcoholic, that real compulsive overeater? You know, I become something that is inhuman. I know that sounds horrible, but I am not a beautiful, loving, caring person that came from a creator. I am mandated to eat, 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 and I will do whatever it takes to get my fix. Steal food from your desk, steal it from other people's refrigerators, eat off of other people's plates, lie to my husband, pick a fight with my husband so that I could eat, steal my children's Halloween candy and lie about it, let my older son take the hit, uh, steal food from my father and let my sister get beat. That's what I do because I am that real compulsive overeater. I am the real deal. I cannot stop once I ingest any of my alcoholic foods until I pass out, I run out, or I'm interrupted. That's it. And it'll always happen every time I pick up. I don't have that luxury of being able to have this um, fake control, you know, that willpower that at one time I did early on when I could diet. And I could lose 40, 50, 60 pounds, and then, boom, I'd be off and running because I took that first bite. And, you know, the, the thing is now that that control that I thought I had, that illusion, doesn't exist anymore. If I were to pick up a, a piece of XYZ as soon as I hang up from this phone meeting, you guys might not hear from me for months because I would be in the gutter and unable to survive. And I know that without a doubt. That's the difference. A moderate eater, my sister's a moderate eater. She got, she was 100 pounds overweight. And then she just said, you know what? I'm tired of this. And she's able to go to um, a pay-in way. But I can't do that because I have way past that. I am so glad that today I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, recovered, not cured, one day at a time. So with that, I'll pass, and I'll open up the line. Who would like to read on the paragraphs on page Genie F. Genie F. Okay, hold on. Genie F. 
Matt M. And that's probably about it, but we'll try. Jeannie F., you go next. Thank you very much. My name is Jeannie. I'm a compulsive overeater from New York. And um, I guess so much has been said, I don't want to duplicate anything, but I guess in the paragraph about the hard drinker, you know, I guess for myself, I would add in there that, you know, if sufficiently strong reasons, ill health, falling in love, change of environment, or, or the warning of a doctor becomes operative, um, this man can also stop and moderate. I would also say my join a 12-step program for compulsive eating, which I found that I could join a 12-step program for compulsive eating and not be surrendered to the fact that I really am a compulsive eater, which I guess could fall in the category of dieting with support. Um, so, the, But the other thing I really want to say is that I and I don't really share like I don't really share this in meetings much, but I really think it's very relevant here, which is that, you know, we have to remember that these people were only we're not you know, later on in the book it talks about how young people didn't have to hit the bottom that many of us did did. Um I don't necessarily lose all control of my liquor consumption and with my food consumption. I'm mostly a sugar addict, but I have other issues. But what I'd like to say is that I'm also a sober member of Alcoholics Anonymous for many years. And when I was trying to take the first step in that program, somebody asked me a question if I was powerless over alcohol. And I said, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I want one and I could have one. And sometimes I want one and I have 20. And he said, well, why don't you just drink on the days that you can control it? And it was absolutely the best question because I didn't know if it was Monday or Thursday or Tuesday and Wednesday. And I find that true of food, you know, like we even see that Bill, Bill doesn't, you know, he has periods of sobriety, the goose hung high, you know, but I doesn't just, I just would say that if you pick up a food and you can't stop eating, eating it indefinitely, or I mean, you can stop eating it, but you can't stop from starting, and it's causing unmanageability. For me, that means that puts me in the fourth category. Thank you. Thank you, Jeannie F. Matt M., you're next. Yeah, can you hear me, Julie? I can. Hi, good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater from here here in New Jersey. And, uh, yeah, those paragraphs really speak to me. Like, I am one of the – I used to be a moderate eater when I was younger, but then, you know, my family wanted to try to, to shame me into losing weight, you know, the frothy emotional appeal. You know, they they told me, why don't you eat this instead of that? Why don't you go to this pay-away place instead of that? And I, they worked for, like, a minute, not very long, and then I'd be back, uh, back in the food and heavier as ever. I would gain the weight back plus interest. and. Uh, I'm one of those people who, like, I didn't realize how much of a compulsory eater I am. I got another, I got another insight into myself when I, I go to a day program during the day, and they have a food bank there, and I, I did need some, get some food, some groceries, and like some canned goods, and I brought a big bag like paper and plastic, and I was filling it up, and then the, the woman said, "Well, Matt, why are you taking all of the the dice?" The, the diced tomatoes, because there's only a few, very few things I can eat from that food bank, and I realized, oh my God, I'm I'm being total hot. I'm taking everything off the shelf that I want without thinking of anybody else who might want some. So I put a few cans back, and I realized, wow, Matt, you really, you really are a compulsive overeater of the whole variety. You don't, when you when when you want food, 
nothing nothing matters. Nobody else matters. Nothing else gets in the way just to get that food, you know. And I'm glad you brought it up. It really made me real, uh, stop and realize I'm abstinent today by the grace of my higher power. Uh, I'm not binging on stuff I have here. But, you know, there's also things I used to do with my money, you know. I can't believe how – I know I'm a compulsive eater when I need to conserve my money, and then I'm running, running, running down to the quick mart and buying sandwiches and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really amazing how this disease is progressive and how um, I have a built-in forgetter that makes me forget that I have issues with the food. You know, I'm only, I'm only over 300 pounds. It's not a big deal. I'm just a lot overweight. I could just lose the weight anytime I want to. Uh, I can eat moderately. Yeah, that 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 stopped a long time ago for me. And just just for today, I'm willing to admit that I, I'm defeated by this disease. I don't have any other solutions because if I did, I would have tried them by now. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Matt M. And we do have time for one more share. Bonnie G. Bonnie G. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm Bonnie G in uh, South Florida. And somebody shared that about the one is too many and a thousand is not enough. And when I came into the program way, way, way back, I thought one celery stick was too many, and that was gave me reason to binge. And now, with Sense Vision, learning about my alcoholic foods, I know that I'm a real compulsive eater. Because if I eat one of any of those foods, those alcoholic foods, it sets the whole game in motion, and I can't stop, and I can't stop from starting again, and I can't stop from stop eating. So thank you all. That's I want to share. Pass. Thank you. Would um, anyone else like to share? We have two minutes. burning desire? Okay, I'll take that as a no. Hi, is there still time? Yes, there is. Hi, my name is Belinda M. Um, I'm a compulsive... Hi, I'm a compulsive overeater in Western Massachusetts. Um, this is the first time I've actually shared on this line, so... Uh, um, these paragraphs are are really interesting and hearing everybody shares. Um, I'm I'm really grateful to hear others talk about what um, what uh, moderate and hard and and being a real compulsive eater means to them because um, I sometimes hear people on on the phone meetings talk about the true alcoholic or the true compulsive overeater and um, sometimes I feel excluded uh, because it seems like there's a definition um, that they're putting forth and I truly feel how important it is um, for me to make my own make my own decision, my own um, understanding, you know, come to my own realization of what it is for me so I'm, um, that's been really important for me, I'm kind of at the beginning of the steps and um, so, yeah, so uh, I'll pass now. Thank you. Thank you for sharing and keep coming back. Uh, it is now time to close the meeting. I would like to thank everyone who shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. 
And Paula D., are you able to do that? Yes, I am. Thank you. This is Paula D., recovered by and with the grace of God, transmitting the words from the book. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.